chapter 15, beginning in verse 22. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, it was named Marah. Well, good morning and welcome to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve, the pastor of First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and the founder of From His Heart Ministries. From His Heart is heard every weeknight at 6 p.m. Central Time right here on American Family Radio. Well, I want to talk to you today about facing Mara. That word Mara means bitterness. And a very interesting passage of Scripture in Exodus chapter 15, because it comes right on the heels of the greatest victory that Israel had ever uh, experienced in the Old Testament, the greatest Old Testament miracle, as God parted the Red Sea, led his people through dry ground, and then drowned Pharaoh and his armies in the Red Sea. And Exodus, Exodus 14 ends with uh, the Egyptians destroyed and uh, God's people delivered. And Exodus 15 begins with the song of Moses. I will sing to the Lord, for he has highly exalted the horse and its rider. He has hurled into the sea. And they were singing and they were celebrating and they were dancing. And it was just wonderful. Uh, that song ends, Miriam answered them, sing to the Lord, for he has highly exalted the horse and his rider. He has hurled into the sea. Now, if you had been there and you had experienced what they had experienced, and you had seen the mighty power of God, not just with the 10 plagues. I mean, those were uh, something to behold, no doubt, as God destroyed the false gods of Egypt and showed that he, uh, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. But then to see this miracle, uh, you would believe in the Lord. You would trust the Lord. You would no doubt say, hey, no, uh, no matter what I face in life, God is able but it's on the heels of that great victory and of the victory song, the thrill of victory, if you remember from the wide world of sports uh, opening. Uh, we experience the thrill of victory, and then there's the agony of defeat. And in three days, they have no water. And it says that Moses led them from the Red Sea, but Moses is following the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. Moses is a great leader, and a great leader follows the Lord. He's in communication with the Lord, and Moses was one of those. Uh, the Bible says he spoke to uh, God face to face, just using that euphemism, no man has seen God's face. But he spoke, spoke to God face to face as one speaks to his friend. Remember, his face would glow. And so Moses is following the Lord, and the Lord led them from the Red Sea into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days and found no water. Listen, you have to have water to survive. And if you go too long without water, you're going to die. And so when they finally see water, everybody's thrilled. Water, hey, we are, uh, we are saved from dying of thirst. But they take a sip and they can't drink it. It's bitter. And uh, they said, we can't drink this water. It's putrid. It's bitter. It's rotten. And they named that place Mara. And then they begin to grumble at Moses. What shall we drink? Hey, facing Mara. Maybe you're facing Mara today. Maybe there are just some 
bitter things that have come into your life that you do not like and you are getting very, very uh, frustrated and impatient and uh, you're starting to grumble and gripe and complain. I want to just share with you some things to encourage you because first encouragement, uh, Maras are part of life. Bitter things are part of life. They're just a, a part of the human condition. Hey, we have sweet things and we have victories in the Christian life, but then we also face the Maras of life, the bitter things. And these bitter things, they are unavoidable. They're inevitable and unavoidable. Hey, God led the people to Mara. Um, says Moses led the people, but Moses is following God. So Moses is, is leading the people under the direction of God, and he led them to Mara. God uh, caused that to uh, take place in the lives of his people. Bitter things are unavoidable. Jesus said, in the world you have tribulation, but be of good courage. I have overcome the world. So if you face Amara in life, uh, don't be surprised because the Lord said it was going to be like that. Uh, difficult times will come. Job, who he knew difficulty like none of us have ever known difficulty. Let's just face it. Some people say, oh, my life is like Job's. No, it's not. Uh, Job suffered tremendously. When you lose 10 children all at one time, all your wealth all at one time, and you're covered from head to toe in sore boils, uh, your life, you, you, it takes the cake for misery. And the Bible says in the book of Job, man, Job 14.1, man who is born of woman is short-lived and full of trouble. And so bitter things, the Maras in life, are unavoidable, and God leads us there for a purpose. But not often, not, not always are they are also are they unavoidable. They are also uh, something that happens often on the heels of great victory. Now, isn't that interesting? How you, the greatest victory, and boom, you hit Mara. It's in the same chapter as they are singing the victory song. Uh, the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat all come in the same chapter. And it's interesting as you study the Bible that you find that that is often the case. Jericho, uh, Joshua, we sing that song, Joshua fit the battle of Jericho. What came on the heels of the great victory of Jericho? Ai, that little dinky town, Ai, where they suffered defeat. You have Elijah on Mount Carmel, 1 Kings chapter 18. Great victory as God shows the people, the, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God, and they slay the prophets of Baal. And then you have on the heels of that great victory, Elijah running for his life from the threat of Queen Jezebel, wicked Queen Jezebel, and he prays to the Lord, it is enough, O Lord, take my life, I'm no better than my father's. He thought there was going to be a great revival that would come, and it didn't come. And uh, he was just depressed and discouraged and just wanted to throw in the towel. On the heels of great victory often comes a great defeat and great challenges. The, the Maras come there. You think about uh, Jesus 
in his own life. He, he comes into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, and what are they doing? They're laying down palm branches in their coats, and they're, they're quoting from Psalm 118, uh, Hosanna to the Son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And they're, they're hailing him as Messiah. That's on Palm Sunday. What do they say on Friday, just a few short days from Palm Sunday? Not this man, but Barabbas. Then what shall I do with Jesus, who is called the Christ? Pilate said, let him be crucified. From hail him, hail him, to nail him, nail him. The great victories on the heels of those great victories often comes defeat and often comes the maras of life. Now, not only are the bitter things a part of life, you're not going to escape them, I'm not going to escape them, they come, and they so often come without warning. Just boom, they are there. But bitter things are used by God, and uh, God was teaching the people to trust Him, even in the difficulties of life. And uh, so, so why, do the, why do the Maras come to you and to me? Well, number one, they come to humble us. You know, you and I have a real problem with pride. It's just the, the basic human uh, challenge, pride. And uh, the, the little, middle letter in the word pride is the problem, I, P-R-I-D-E. Pride is the, the big I, and we deal with that on a day today basis. God is opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And anytime we're prideful and we think we can handle it on our own, then the Lord says, well, I'm going to oppose you because I hate pride and I hate anything that you do in the power of the flesh. Uh, years ago, I, I preached on this passage and I, I used it as an example the 2004 election slogan uh, was, yes, we can. That was the, the slogan, yes, we can. Well, let me give you, a, when it comes to the Christian life, here's a slogan, no, we can't. No, we can't. Apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. That's why he said, abide in me. We have to stay connected to the Lord. We have to pray continually, not my will, but yours be done. Now, when we start feeling like we have life under control and we can handle it, um, man, we, Lord, we experienced the great victory uh, over the Egyptians at the Red Sea. Now we got this thing. Uh, Lord, you can take a break. We got this thing. And God shows us you can't. Uh, we sing that song, I need thee every hour. And that's true, but, but let's break it down even, even more precisely. I need thee every minute of every hour. I need thee every second of every minute of every hour because I can't do the Christian life without you. So the Lord allows that to come into our lives to keep us humble and then to test us. See, every Mara is a test. It's a test to see how are you going to respond to this bitter thing because life is filled with sweet and bitter, and everybody responds well uh, to the sweet things. We love it when God just blesses us. Thank you, Lord. We're so grateful when the good things come our way. But the test is, uh, 
And it can be a test to see how, how do you handle success. Some people can't handle that very well. They become arrogant and pride, uh, prideful. But how do you handle the bitter things? How do you handle the challenges? How do you handle the struggles? Do you remember uh, perhaps as a kid watching TV, uh, when I when I grew up, they, you didn't have any cell phones or anything like that. You didn't have any any uh, you know games you could play. This was even before the the uh, day of Pong. Atari had the first video game called Pong, which is pretty lame, but that's all we had. Well, this is even before that. You'd watch TV in the afternoons after school, and they would come on with a, a test with the emergency broadcasting system, and you would hear this loud. Uh, tone uh, that would kind of pierce your ears and uh, it would go for a while and said this is a test it is only a test it's a test of the emergency broadcasting system if this were a real emergency we would let you know we'd contact you in some way but it was just a test so we need to remember that in the christian life when we hit mara it's just a test and god is testing us how are we going to respond to this now the self-centered heart. How, do the, how does the self-centered person respond to the test, to respond to the Mara? With grumbling and complaining and despair. So what is it says? The people grumbled at Moses, saying, what shall we drink? That was kind of their default setting. They would grumble. They were a bunch of grumblers. And, uh, you know, they would grumble at Moses, but really all grumbling goes back to God. And when they grumbled in Numbers 14, when they said, we can't go into the promised land because there are giants in the land. I wish we would have just stayed in Egypt. It would be better for us to die in Egypt than to die uh, trying to get into the promised land. Here's what the Lord said to that. He said to Moses, how long shall I bear with this evil congregation who are grumbling against me? I have heard the complaints of the sons of Israel, which they are making against me. All grumbling goes to the Lord, and the Lord hates grumbling. It, it, it's just a, a wine that uh, just is, is uh, just so distasteful uh, to him and such a, such a uh, uh, sick noise, kind of like fingers on a chalkboard. If you remember back in the day when we had chalkboards, I couldn't stand to have somebody put his or her fingers on the chalkboard. It just went through me. And that's what grumbling is to God. He just hates it. And God says, why don't you just trust me? So he uses those bitter things in life to see, are we going to grumble and gripe and complain, or are we going to trust him? Are we going to praise him? Are we going to seek him? You're listening to Real Truth for today, and I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve, and we're talking about facing Mara. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Director of the AFA Foundation, Riley Wildman. Here in the foundation, we help families just like yours to shore up permanent income for their retirement years through our charitable gift annuities. Riley has served as the director of the AFA Foundation for over a decade. A charitable gift annuity is a gift to American Family Association. Not only are you giving to the Lord's work, but you'll receive a lifetime income and excellent tax benefits. Contact the AFA Foundation today to learn how you can shore up permanent income for your retirement years while supporting the culture-transforming work of the American Family Association. 
A charitable gift annuity benefits you and helps ensure the AFA will impact America for generations to come. Give us a call today at 800-326-4543. That's 800-326-4543, extension 345. The AFA Foundation, the Financial Stewardship Division of the American Family Association. Jenna Ellis in the morning. You need to be very concerned about what your children are being exposed to if they go to a public school or even if they go to a Christian school. Parents are not just allowed, they have a constitutionally protected fundamental right that is God-given to direct the education, well-being, and faith options of their children. Jenna Ellis in the morning, weekdays at 7 Central on American Family Radio. Target still doesn't get it. Their policy allowing men identifying as women to use the changing rooms and restrooms right alongside real women and girls is dangerous. At least five incidents of men photographing and filming women undressing have made the news. How many more haven't? If you've signed the pledge to boycott Target, please stand firm. If you haven't signed it, take a stand and sign it today. Visit afa.net slash target, afa.net slash target. The German philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche was no friend of Christianity, as evidenced by this remark he made about Christians. I would believe in their salvation, he said, if they looked a little more like people who have been saved. We could dissect Nietzsche's words a number of different ways, but let's think about this one question. What should a person who has been saved look like? I think the Apostle Paul gives the best clue in Galatians chapter 5, where he talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Every Christian ought to manifest love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is David Jeremiah, encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover the difference God can make on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today. Welcome back to Real Truth for Today. Pastor Jeff Shreve here. We're talking about facing Mara from Exodus chapter 15. Uh, the children of Israel went through the, the Red Sea on dry ground as God performed the greatest Old Testament miracle. You read about it in the Old Testament over and over and over again. They just couldn't stop talking about it because it was so huge that uh, the way God defeated the, the Egyptians and delivered his people, uh, they thought they were uh, dead ducks as they came to a place called Piriath, uh, um, uh, what was the name? I can't remember off the top of my head, but they came to this place and uh, it was it was between a rock and a hard place. And they said, well, we're dead meat. We can't get through here. And uh, but God had other plans. God always has a plan. And so we just need to trust him. Pihirath. And that was where they were. That's the the name of the between the rock and the hard place. So they they have this great victory and they're singing in Exodus 15 and they're dancing and they're praising the Lord and their hearts are so filled with joy. But then in three days, they're grumbling and griping and complaining because there's no water to drink. And when they do find a body of water, it's putrid, it's bitter. And so they called it Mara. Mara is the Hebrew word for bitter. 
And they grumbled at Moses, saying, what shall we drink? Now, we said in the, the first segment, bitter things are part of life. You're going to face them. I, I'm going to face them. We face them. Nobody gets a, a way. It gets a pass from the, the bitter things. We love the sweet things, but the bitter things are there. And God uses those to test us. And as we closed out the first segment, uh, he, he wants to see what's in our hearts. Now, he knows that, but he allows those things to test us, kind of like putting the square squeeze on a tube of toothpaste. When you squeeze the toothpaste, out comes what's inside. And when the Lord allows circumstances to put the squeeze on us, you're going to see what's on the inside. The whole test with Job, he allowed the devil to put the squeeze on Job because he said, out of Job's heart will come praises, not curses. And Job never did curse God. He did praise God even after he lost all his children. He shaved his head and he, he bowed and prayed and he worshiped and he said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I shall return there. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So the self-centered heart, what does it do when it's put in the squeeze, when it's tested by the bitter things? Grumbles, gripes, and complains. But the God-centered heart what does that God-centered heart do? Trusts and obeys and prays and looks to the Lord. And so when they grumbled at Moses saying, what shall we drink? It says, then Moses cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a tree and he threw it into the waters and the waters became sweet. There God made for them a statute and a regulation and there he tested them. Now, Moses is far different in his response uh, than the people's response because Moses cried out to the Lord. Moses began to pray. Moses depended on God. Moses knew that, hey, Lord, if we don't have something to drink, uh, we have all, all these people, is it maybe as many as two million people that came out of Egypt with Moses and all their flocks and herds. Hey, Lord, if we don't have water, we're going to die. So here's the thing. You have to remember this. So to see a miracle of God, it, it takes two parts. Obviously, it takes your part. You have to trust God. You have to seek the Lord. You have to ask God to do what you can't do. I love this little phrase, uh, God will not do what you can do and you cannot do what he can do. So what did the Lord show Moses? He showed him a tree and the the emphasis is throw the tree into the waters. And Moses did that. God didn't throw the tree into the waters. Moses did that. And the waters became sweet. Now, Moses can't make the waters sweet. He can only throw the tree into the water. And God has to do what we can't do. God will not do what you can do. And you cannot do what he can do. And it takes both to experience the miracles of God. That's what it means to walk by faith and not by sight. You trust God, and faith always has legs on it, so faith obeys God. Abraham believed God, and his faith was counted for righteousness. How did Abraham believe God? He left Ur of the Chaldees to go to the land where God was, uh, the, the land God was going to show him. And so if he had stayed in Ur, well, that just shows that he didn't really have faith. If you say you believe God, that God will provide for your needs and that the Lord says, I, you know, you're to honor me from your wealth and you never give anything, well, obviously you don't believe God. If you say, well, well, I believe that a person has to put his or her faith and trust in Jesus in order to be saved, to turn from sin and turn to the Savior in order to be saved, but you never do that, 
well, you never experience the miracle of salvation. Uh, we, we're not to be hearers of the word only. We're to be doers of the word. And when we do what God says, then we experience the blessings of God. Jesus said, if you know these things, you're blessed if you do them. And so Moses did what the Lord asked him to do, and God did what Moses couldn't do, and he turned the bitter waters sweet. So the God-centered heart trusts and prays and obeys. And remember this, it's not just by coincidence that the Lord showed him a tree and he threw it into the waters. That's a picture of the cross. Bitter things are made sweet when you throw in the cross, when you add the cross, when you put everything in perspective with the cross. The cross is a plus sign. And uh, in the minuses of life, we need to add in the cross because uh, when you add in the cross, it turns the minuses into a plus. And it adds that vertical piece as we look up to the Lord and that minus becomes a plus. And uh, and God does great and mighty things when we trust him. Now, years ago, I came across a verse in Psalm 66, verse 12. Uh, it says this, We went through fire and through water, yet you brought us out to a place of abundance. And uh, Psalm 66, verse 12, and I remember I was going through a tough time in my ministry then, and I, I really started looking at that verse through fire and through water, you know, and the natural uh, interpretation of that is, okay, through the fires of, of tribulation and testing and through the, uh, the, the storms of life, and that is true. But I did a, a little search or a little uh, study on the word for water. Mayim in the Hebrew, M-A-Y-I-M. And that word Mayim means storm waters, violent storm waters. And it also means the water of the feet. You say, what's the water of the feet? The water of the feet is urine. And we went through uh, fire and through water, through the storms. And also the storms are the violent things in life the real scary things in life. And then the other definition for Mayim, urine, that's the, that's the gross stuff in life. That's the nasty stuff in life. That's the things that, that oh, Lord, I don't want to do this at all. The, the tough conversations that you have to have with people, the, the yuck that you have to go through with people. You know, caring for a loved one that is uh, unable to uh, to do anything for themselves, and you have to do everything and clean them, and that's the difficulties of life. And we went through all that, and the Lord said uh, that he brought them out to a place of abundance. Uh, as a pastor, uh, and every pastor knows this, you go through the Mayim, you go through the storms, and you go through the yuck, you go through the gross stuff, and people can be mean. You know, Christian Spiritual people who walk with the Lord and, and love the Lord, they're wonderful. Church people are mean. Uh, 
It was a religious crowd that said, crucify him, crucify him. Uh, so when, there, when, it, when you get a religious person who doesn't know Jesus or a Christian who's not walking with Jesus, they can be very, very mean. And so you, you can't just turn tail and run as a pastor. You have to stand up as a good soldier of Christ Jesus when it's an issue of Scripture. And it's like, no, we got to follow the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. We have to follow the Lord. And so I, I think of that verse, Psalm 66, verse 12, I think of it in terms of the Shawshank Redemption. Many of us have seen the movie, The Shawshank Redemption. I can't uh, vouch for the language in that movie, but uh, there was one particular scene that, that just connected me to Psalm 66, verse 12. It's when the, the main character, Andy Dufresne or Dufries, whatever his name was, uh, he is escaping from prison. And how does he get out? If you remember, he, he tunneled out and he got out through a sewer pipe. And he had this big rock and it's raining and lightning and thundering. And he keeps slamming on the pipe uh, to try and break it open when, the, when he would sense that there was uh, thunder and lightning that would take place so that it would hide the, the noise. And he finally broke through the pipe. And it's a sewer pipe. And he had to crawl through uh, the worst yuck that you can possibly imagine. And the movie shows him stopping to throw up as he walked through uh, 500 feet or 500 yards, whatever it was. It was a long way of this sewer pipe. And I, I think about that in Psalm 66, verse 12, because so many pastors... They deal with the, the Mayim. They deal with the yuck. They have to go through the sewer pipe. But listen, if you don't quit, God will bring you out to a place of abundance. Psalm 23, verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Hey, we don't uh, set up shop in the valley of the shadow of death. We don't build a house in the valley of the shadow of death. We go through it with the Lord. And he leads us from that dark valley to a plateau, to a wonderful place of sunshine, to a place of abundance. And how do we get through it? We have to factor in the cross. We have to remember Romans 8.28. Adrian Rogers preached a sermon I've never forgotten the title, Romans 8.28, The Chemistry of the Cross. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. And how does God work everything together for good? Through the chemistry of the cross. He throws in a tree into all the bitter waters in life, and He makes the bitter waters sweet. Hey, the cross changes everything. So, are you facing Mara today? It's okay to be facing Mara. And it's okay that, that maybe you've, you've had Mara for a long time. You know, as we talk about uh, dealing with loved ones that have uh, physical difficulties or mental difficulties, maybe you're taking care of a loved one who has dementia. That is really, really hard. I uh, have a good friend of mine who is taking care of his wife, and um, it's very, very hard. You know, some people are are uh, naturally better suited to being a caregiver than others, but when the call comes, hey, uh, your loved one needs you, 
Uh, you got to be there and you got to step up. And so when you're in those difficult times, it just shows you all the more, Lord, I can't do this in and of myself. I desperately need you. And Lord, you have to do this through me. You know, Philippians 4.13, a great verse. We kind of use it in in the wrong way. You know, we, uh, we're faced with a, uh, you know, a kicking a field goal in the football game. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We, we think about making that putt on the golf course. Well, I can do this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's not what it means. It means, as Paul was saying, in any and every circumstance I find myself, I can handle all things, not out of my strength, but through Christ who strengthens me. And as you face those difficult situations, you press into the Lord and say, Lord, I need you desperately. I can't do this on my own, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. As Paul said, I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity in any and every circumstance. I've learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. What's the secret? Christ in you, the hope of glory. As Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and delivered himself up for me. Hey, think about that in Galatians 2.20, who loved me and delivered himself up for me. I remember my secretary when I was at Champion Forest Baptist Church in Houston, as the assistant pastor to uh, the senior pastor, Dr. Ramon Shook, and uh, Donna Kennedy, she asked one day, she said, you know, you hear preachers say that uh, if you had been the only person on the earth, Jesus would have died for you. She said, is that true, or is that just kind of preacher talk? You know, some preachers kind of say some things because it sounds good in sermons. I said, no, based on Galatians 2.20, that's exactly true. Who loved me? and delivered himself up for me. Hey, 1 Peter 5, 6 says, Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxieties, all your cares, all your worries, all your burdens upon him, because he cares for you. Cast it all on Jesus, because he cares for you. Paul said he loved me. And delivered himself up for me. And Paul said he was the chief of sinners. So if God loves the chief of sinners and delivered himself up for the chief of sinners, you know what? That means he loves you too. That means he died for you too, just like he did for me. And the love of God is the most wonderful thing in all the world to know that God loves me, and to know when I face the Maras in life, He will see me through as I trust Him. Well, you're listening to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. When we come back from the break, we'll be taking your calls. I'd love to hear about your Mara and how the Lord brought you through. The number to call is 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. Hey, we can grumble and gripe and complain, or we can pray and we can trust God to see us through. Don't go away.
Let's be real. Retirement is expensive and inflation is making it even harder with the cost of everything going up from pet food to a dozen eggs. Wouldn't it be great if the cost of your health care could go down? Well, MediShare 65 plus is $99 a month for ages 65 to 74. And for many with Medicare Parts A and B looking at other options, that's 50% or more saved per month. No gimmicks. It's $99 a month, and you can use any Medicare-approved doctor or facility, and you get 24-7 access to telehealth from the convenience of your home. Better yet, MediShare is a Christian nonprofit organization. It's a community that will pray for you and encourage you. And since we've cut out the middleman, you get to keep the savings. Call now. You can learn more about MediShare 65+. Here's the number, 833-45-BIBLE. That's 833-45-BIBLE, 833-45-BIBLE. Here's Ellis Craft of Reach a Village Ministries. A few months ago, a student in a village school attempted to end his life. Two other students that were in a discipleship group helped prevent the tragedy. These two students befriended him and shared the hope of Jesus. When the news reached the principal, the Lord opened her eyes and heart. Instead of wanting to shut down discipleship groups, the principal requested every classroom have access to a disciple maker. This is just one example of how God is using ministry partners with Reach a Village. Your gift today will be doubled. $50 will reach 100 children. $500 would reach 1,000 children. To give, I want you to go to reachavillage.org or call 833-773-2247. Again, to call Reach a Village and talk to our staff, that's 833-7-REACH-7. Rob West of Faith and Finance. If you've listened any length of time, you're aware that we often underscore the importance of preparing for the future. It's one way for Christians to be good stewards of the resources God has entrusted to us. Well, as you look into the future, I suggest you consider the AFA Foundation in your estate planning. The offerings of the AFA Foundation can help you to shore up permanent income for your retirement years and at the same time support the culture-transforming work of the American Family Association. Why not contact Riley Wildman and the team at the AFA Foundation today to see if including the AFA Foundation and your estate plan is right for you. Call 800 326 4543, extension 345. That's 800 326 4543, extension 345. Or visit them online at afafoundation.net. Welcome back to Real Truth for Today. Pastor Jeff Shreve here. We're talking about uh, facing Mara, the bitter waters of life. And uh, let me just say this before we get to the phone lines. Uh, we started something brand new at From His Heart Ministries with a, uh, with a platform called Pray.com. Pray.com it has a great app out and lots of uh, biblical teaching and things. But we have the weekly wisdom from Pray.com that just uh, dropped this, this week. And so if you go to Pray.com, you can download the app and listen. I have a little uh, six or seven minute devotional that I do once a week. And Pray.com has lots of great uh, content. 
And uh, my friend, Dr. Jack Graham, he goes through the, he, he does the intro for reading the Bible through and uh, just lots of great stuff on there. So I encourage you to, to check it out, Weekly Wisdom with Jeff Shreve. And I think it'll be a blessing to you. Well, we want to go to the phone lines and hear from you about uh, the subject of facing Mara, those bitter things, and how the Lord brings us through as we trust Him. The number to call is 888-589-8840. And we have Kevin on the line from Kansas. Kevin, welcome to Real Truth for Today. Oh, wow. I didn't expect to be the first person in line. (laughs) You were first in line, Kevin. Thank you. Can you turn down your radio, please? uh, Pastor... Um, my radio isn't on, but uh, I can oh, okay. pull over. Uh, I can pull over if you can hear the car too strongly. Yeah, that would be great if you could. Okay, let me do that. Um, so, yeah, you know, I was listening to you on the radio a few minutes ago, and yeah. uh, the words you said, there was just so much, uh, so much power coming, so much truth coming through the way that you said it. Uh, it just kind of hit me hard, and I wanted to ask you about to myself, this man must have personal experience with the Holy Ghost breath. And um, I was wondering if you do have personal experience with the Holy Ghost breath, and if you could tell, uh, you know, share what, what exactly that's like, what, what one can expect. Yeah, well, I appreciate that, Kevin, and thank you for, uh, for your comments and for calling in. So Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, is uh, the scripture verse where the scripture says, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation. That's a total waste, but be filled with the Spirit. And so to be filled with the Spirit means you're controlled by the Spirit. And that's what, uh, the, when we become Christians, we give our lives to Christ, and the Lord comes into our lives through the person of the Holy Spirit, and the, the Spirit is now resident in our lives. That's what makes a Christian a Christian. Uh, to be lost is minus God, to be saved is plus God, and the Lord now lives inside your life. But the Lord who is resident wants to be president. He wants to sit on the throne of your life and control you. And and so that's what it means to be filled with the Spirit, that He's in control of, of every area of your life. And uh, you, you, there's, no, there's nothing you're trying to hold on to. You're letting it all go and saying, Lord, you know, here I am. Uh, all I am, Lord, fill me with your Spirit and control me and inhabit my humanity. And as we used to sing that song in church, Jesus be Jesus in me, no longer me, but the resurrection power. Fill me this hour, Jesus, be Jesus in me. And so uh, that's how I try and live my life. Kevin, I, I don't do it perfectly for sure. And there are lots of times where I take the wheel and, and take control and respond to things in anger or pride or whatever it might be. Uh, but I appreciate your encouragement uh, that you sensed. I sensed when I was uh, just speaking today that the Lord was using that uh, to speak to hearts because I think a lot of people deal, I mean, I know they do, uh, and and no doubt there are a lot of listeners right now, and they're facing Mara, and they're in the bitter things in life, and we love the sweet things, but the bitter things are there, and, uh, you know, as the old song says, through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus, I've learned to trust in God, if I never had a problem, I wouldn't know that God could solve them. I wouldn't know what faith in God could do. So God bless you, Kevin. Thank you for calling in. Thank you for encouraging my heart. We have Brenda on the line from Ohio. Brenda, welcome to Real Truth for Today. Good morning, Pastor. Thank you so much for taking my call. Yes. <clears throat> Go ahead. I just wanted to share a short story. 
um, okay. at about a year ago. Can you hear me? Yes. Hello? Yes, I can hear you. Okay. About a year ago, um, I was really down and out after spending six, almost six years fully invested taking care of my, at that time, 25-year-old disabled son. And his dad wouldn't support me in any way. Long story short, I was very bitter towards his father for not ever helping me physically, medically, financially, and definitely not spiritually. So I was broken and and very discouraged. And then finally, a year ago in May, of course, God led me to your real truth for today. Actually, you, God used you to help with the Word of God to realize that I had to totally let go of this bitterness. Hmm. And only then could God free me up and help me and my son with his dad. And as soon as I did that, like within three weeks, his dad suddenly appeared and said he would help and take over charge of my son. And that was a very, a very wow. big deal. He even took me out to eat the first time in 10 years. And he wow. actually confessed that he made terrible mistakes and he had to suffer four deaths in his family in 10 months for God to bring him around. Not the six years of our son having been picked up front by a tornado in Oklahoma and destroying his life. But God used my letting go of the bitterness just mm. to say, it's all yours, Lord. I can't do it. And so September 27th, my son flew from Ohio to Dallas, Texas, where he is with his dad right now. And my son is finally getting five to six hours of therapy that he needed all along to get back to some normalcy. Mm. He was blinded, lost his voice. He had at least seven head injuries. Miraculously, mm. God saved him for a purpose. So God did wow. amazing things. I was very, very depressed, but coming back to your radio show, your, your calm voice and your passion, your emotional uh, emphasis just broke my heart and allowed me to be renewed. So thank you so much, brother. Wow. Well, thank you, Brenda. Praise the Lord. That's awesome. And you have uh, blessed me today. So thank you for doing that. And may God continue to put his hand on your son and bring healing and uh, bring uh, great changes uh, to his physical and, and mental well-being. So God bless you and thank you for that testimony. How awesome is that? Well, um, we have Andy on the line from Georgia. Andy, welcome to Real Truth for today. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I just want to tell you too, man, I appreciate what you do. I agree with like 99.9% of everything you said this morning. The one thing, <laughs> the one thing is, you, you, you said that uh, God wants to control, you know, give our will over to him, he wants to control it. I don't think he really wants to control it. I think he just wants us to be in the same line with him. He wants us to want to do what he wants to do. That's like how Jesus and God in one accord. Not necessarily they won because Jesus is God and Je- I mean God's God and Jesus is the Son and, and I think that simplified everything. I didn't have to go through so much. I went to prison. Uh, I didn't learn family values. I learned more growing up what not to do and not what to do. But and then when I was locked up reading my Word away from my children, um, having to lose all that to get it, you know, which makes every day a struggle now, which goes back to what you was talking about, you know. Yeah. 
it's, it's, it seems like everything's a struggle, and, and we're getting it all. I, I kind of feel like we started off as a game for God. You know, it's always made for his good pleasure. I think Job won the game for God. Jesus won it for us, and there really ain't no game no more except for it's about souls now. Who's going to get the most souls? God wants his glory. We, if we do everything for the glory of God, that's the more souls or children he has in heaven, the more glory he's going to have. It's, it's so simple. we like one big old family. And, but right. everything, like I, I got this race car, man, uh, powered by Christ Racing. Got power by Christ, fuel by his love on the hood, Jesus on the hood. It's red, white, and blue, and God we trust on the visor. We the people on the back, because this country was founded on Christian values. Uh, I really just want to go out and try to open up eyes. It's like every time I turn around, it's something. Uh, broken rock arm, it's something. And then when I was leaving the race, the race went pretty good, had some incidents, and God, you know, kept everything together. Nothing major damage, you know, not a lot of money I got spent. But until after the race, I busted a couple of tires. And then I lost my impact. I just get so aggravated, man, and you're just nailing it, you know. And we just had to cast all our care upon him and trust him because he always works it out. Like my two busted tires on my trailer, my boss man bought me two new tires. Yeah, then my yeah. impact was gone. My landlord had picked it up and he had it. You know what I mean? Ain't nothing. Yeah. He always takes care of the things, and we just got to trust him, like you say, man. I, I appreciate that. You know? huh. Well, I appreciate you, Andy, and thank you for calling in. And uh, yeah, so so about our will, we we yield our will to the Lord, just like Jesus prayed in the garden, not my will, but yours be done. And so it's not that God wants us to be robots. He wants us to willingly yield to him and to say, Lord, I want to do your will. I delight to do your will. And so help me, Lord, in the struggles, because we all have a tendency, if you think about your life like a car, uh, the Lord is the driver, and, and we are the passenger, but we all have a tendency to want to to grab the wheel, especially when we see the Lord uh, driving to a place where we don't think, no, 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 Lord, we don't want to go there. He knows what he's doing. We don't know what he's doing, but he knows. And the Lord knows the end from the beginning. We don't. We see life like uh, you're watching a parade from street level. You only see what's right in front of you. God sees the parade from the helicopter. He sees the beginning and the end. He sees it all, and he knows what he's doing. So we can trust him. And make sure as we walk in his ways, I mean, you walk in your own ways and the Lord says, hey, you know, uh, you're out on your own. That's not good. And I'm going to work to get you back. But when we're in the center of his will, we can trust him no matter what comes our way. And difficulties will come because God uses those for good. So God bless you, Andy. Keep trusting the Lord and may he bless uh, your life and your walk with him and everything you put uh, your hand to do. Well, we have Francis on the line from Kentucky. Francis, welcome to Real Truth for today. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking my call. I just want to tell you that I listen to your program every day. Oh, thank it's, you. It's a blessing to me. And today, that sermon that you preached about Myra is for me. Um, I lost my pastor husband. And I'm still grieving the loss of him. He died from prostate cancer. And um, we worked together in the church. And, and, you know, I've worked in the church ever since I was nine years old. But after his death and the grieving of him, and he went through a bad time before his, his death, uh, I've had broken bones. Uh, everything seemed like it's just piled up on me at one time. And I wasn't bitter, but depressed and thinking, you know, Lord, there's nothing left for me to do. But when I heard your sermon this morning, I know that a tree can be thrown in the water and make it sweet again. And I just want to thank you for your 
for the, what you do for the people and how that you bless people in your sermons each day. God bless you is my prayer. Oh, thank you, Francis. So sweet. And I'm so sorry about your husband, but you're exactly right. So the Lord's not done with you, and uh, and you can throw throw in the cross and, and take that minus and turn it into a plus, and, and may God use your life and fill you with joy and peace as you trust Him, as you uh, look to Him. And uh, for as much time as you have left, may He use your life and fill your life with His presence, His peace, and His joy. Well, uh, we have Charlotte on the line from Texas. Charlotte, welcome to Real Truth for Today. Thank you. I listen to you as often as I can. Um, Thank you. I wanted to give you a Mara situation as quickly as I can. In uh, 1981, I married the absolute man of my dreams. He was 12 years younger than me, and I always thought he would bury me. In 1998, when he was 41 years old, he was diagnosed with a malignant brain tumor and given one year to live. And at that point in time, the Lord just made me the caregiver and also took over our whole lives. He provided for us, and he tells us that he will recall his scripture to us when we need it. And the one that became, if you will, a mantra for me is Isaiah 26, 3. Thou wilt mm-hmm. keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. I can't tell you how many times a day I said that and quoted that and prayed that as this beautiful, wonderful man was dying And, you know, I have been his widow for 23 years, and the Lord has, I give him all the glory, taken care of me every step of the way. I'm still living on the income from that man who was 42 years old when he died. Mm -hmm. And I just praise God for everything that he's done for me. Amen. What a great testimony, Charlotte. Isaiah 26.3 is such a great verse. Uh, to memorize, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. And uh, when you're facing the Maras in life, you trust God no matter what, and you look to him and just say, Lord, I can't, but you can. And so I'm looking to you. Well, thank you for calling in, Charlotte. Thank you for sharing that testimony. And thank you for listening to Real Truth for Today. And I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. Uh, I'd love to connect with you on Facebook or Twitter. We have a From His Heart Ministries Facebook account and Twitter. I'm at Jeff Shreve, J-E-F-F-S-C-H-R-E-V-E. So uh, connect with me there. Hey, go out, shine and share and let God use your life for his glory. God bless you. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.